guys, welcome back to this new edition of the New Life Community Church Podcast. Today I'm coming back at you with Pastor Dennis Kingsland, his lovely wife, Nathania Kingsland, my brother, Austin Martinez, and me, Alec. Um, today we're going to be talking about Pastor's message that he spoke on Sunday, which is elevate God's will. Would you like to share it with us, Pastor? Great, thanks, Alec. Yes, uh, we're going to be looking at another another uh, uh, series, or I should say another um, uh, uh, episode in our Elevate series, Elevate His Will. And I think it's something that we kind of all struggle with or we have struggled with is finding the will of God. And it's really pressed upon my heart this week that, you know, finding the will of God is not just something that we find uh, a once in our life and we run with it. I think it's something that we have to... Um, deal with, or, or I should say deal with, but find on a daily occurrence. You know, we have the will of God in, in, in living in, in in the will for our life, but I think also there's daily assignments and there's things that we have to choose daily to walk in um, and, and, and walk in His will. And and I, 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 I say it's, it's, it's not like a, a problem or an issue, but it's a struggle, I think, sometimes that we try to find um, in our life is the will of, of God. And you know, we ask that question of what's what's God's will in my life, you know. And you may be sitting at home asking that same question: is what 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 is God's will in my life? And I know there's 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 times that we do struggle with that of trying to find God's will. And and, and today, what we're going to try to do is really um, to help you and guide you in into. Uh, finding what God's will is, um, not only for today, but but uh, for the see, uh, for the foreseeable future. You know, what 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 does God have in store for you and your life? And in this morning, or not this morning, but well, maybe this morning, we'll be looking at Mark chapter fourteen. If you'd like to follow along, um, starting with verse thirty-two, and uh, we know the scripture well. It, it's um, uh, Jesus uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane before he was about to be um, uh, arrested, and, uh, and, and and we see in Jesus' life, if, 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 and I always say this, if the Son of God uh, uh, feels the need to pray, if the Son of God feels the need to uh, search out and find the will for his His life and confirm it with the Father, then why would we see uh, it, it differently? You know, God um, uh, uh, wants to show us His will. God wants us to walk in His will. And so why would we not apply his will to our lives? If Jesus had to do it, why wouldn't we have to do it as well? That's one thing, even as Christians, you know, we, we tend to forget and we tend to overlook. I would say most overlook than forget. Because, you know, we, we all know we're supposed to submit to his will. You know, we know um, we're supposed to obey his commands. I mean, we learned the Ten Commandments um, through Sunday school. You know, that's that's one of the first lessons that we all know. Um, I remember always coming home with like a, a picture and it's of the Ten Commandments, mm-hmm. you know, and that's like a yearly lesson that we know. So as Christians, we, we know that, but I think we overlook it. Yeah. You know, a lot of times we we always read um, John 3.16 as, you know, um, God gave his son, but we don't realize that, you know, Jesus wasn't forced to lay down his life. Mm-hmm. It was a choice. Yeah. 
And um, we really do see it here in, in, in Mark 14, like you brought it up in your sermon, because later, not to get too far ahead, but later Jesus does tell Peter that, you know, I, I, I could have stopped this if I wanted it. Yeah. You know, I could have called 10,000 angels or asked my father to send down angels and, and the angels would have came and protected me. But we have to see that, you know, Jesus wasn't forced to lay down his life. Um, Jesus was chosen. Mm -hmm. But just because he was chosen, he still had a choice mm -hmm. at the end of the day. That's why when we see, that's why we, uh, that's why when we see when, when, when Jesus, his favorite prayer, he says, you know, God, if our, our father, you know, if, if this cup can pass over me, please, can you get, can we find another solution? Oh, definitely. You know, can we find another way? But he says, not my will, you know, your will. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times when we're doing things in our actions, when we're doing things through prayer, whether we do things in our daily life, we don't submit to God's will. We know no. what's right. Mm -hmm. We know, but like we said last podcast, sometimes we bend the rules here or we, we bend this there. And, and when we know his will, mm -hmm. you know, so like you were saying, Pastor, you know, if, if Jesus submit, why, why, why shouldn't we? Definitely. And I just think as Christians, we overlook that a lot. You know, and, and there's 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 certain areas of our life that we need to commit to, and I think one of those is is and we touched on this Sunday is we need and this is the basis of it and the basic um, starting point is is finding God's will. Or how, how can I find God's will? You know, and it's interesting as as um, uh, you know a, a, a pastor and, and even um, just as someone who grew up in the church, people would would come to me or, or I would hear people. Um, say, you know, I, I'm struggling with this, I'm struggling with that, or I, I need help and guidance in this. And, and we, we would ask the simple question, well, have you prayed about it? And, and people would hem haw around, and some people would, would flat out tell you, no, I haven't really, you know, prayed about it, but I thought about it and I meditated on it. Yeah, but have you prayed about it? Because if you haven't prayed about it, then, you, then you're not going to get the answer because you haven't communicated with God. And, and, and that brings us to our, our, our first point we touched on Sunday is, is commit to walking with God. The foundation of finding the will of God is committing to walking with God. You're not gonna if you can't walk with God, there's no way you can find God's will. You know, and we've said this before through prayer. If I don't talk to my, my wife, I don't have a relationship with her. If I don't have a relationship with her, I don't know what she wants. You know, I, I can I can, you know, pick out a, an, another lady on the street. I have no clue who she is because I don't communicate. I never communicated with her. I have no clue what she likes or dislikes because I don't communicate with her. And the same thing with 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 God. If we don't communicate with Him, we, we're not going to understand His 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 uh, uh, His want and will for our life because it, it's down to to communication. But we must commit to walking with God, and we see this perfectly displayed in the life of Jesus. I think more so that it's demonstrated that. Jesus brought before God his thoughts, his concerns, you know, just his his life in general. Um, because, you know, in, in Scripture it shows that Jesus not only um, prayed this time, you know, as you're, we're referencing Mark 14 when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, but Jesus went to, to God before he went out to heal the sick, you know, when he needed alone time before he went out to be in the crowd of people before even choosing his disciples. He sought God in all occasions. You know, he brought before God um, his his decisions, you know, his his before making a choice, before taking action, he consulted with God. And I, I believe that um, 
this is a perfect example more i mean jesus is just a perfect example period in general but it just goes to show how much more relatable he is and how we can see him in that light because he set that that example for us if you know jesus went to the lord uh, we went to god to to ask him about you know x y and z then we need to go before god and, and bring before him you know our petitions and our concerns and and then we do see in mark 14 you know starting at verse 32 of how he was anguished and distress and jesus was committed to god to the point of death you know in our troubles in our distress in our worries in our concerns you know, we need to be committed in walking with the Lord because we need to be able to bring those concerns to him. And whatever we're praying about, seeking the face of God, seeking God's will for our lives. And then we read on and um, we see that um, ultimately, you know, Jesus is crying out to, to Abba Father. And um, in verse... Um, 36 it says you can do anything take this cup of suffering away from me but let it be your will uh, but let your will be done rather than mine you know, no matter what our heart wants what we want it, it's not about what we want because God's will is perfect for us his ways are perfect for us we have to then learn to let go of the reins of our life and give it over and surrender it to God so that God can then do the work within us. And, you know, we, we then see Jesus come back to his disciples a second time. And we see him come back a third time. And, and it wasn't so much about Jesus not uh, accepting God's will or wrestling with God's will. It was now asking or, or, or seeking strength to fulfill the will of God. And that is powerful because Jesus had to set his own selfish desires aside so that he could really stay committed to what God had already predestined for his life. And you know, it's it's interesting because, you know, people are, might be watch, listening right now and thinking, well, we're talking about Jesus, you know, for goodness sakes, like, like Jesus is God. So it was, you know, easy on him. But, but one thing we, we, we touched on on Sunday is, is you can see the agony that Jesus was going through. Um, in verse 33 in Mark 14, he says he became, it says, uh, Mark's account says Jesus became deeply troubled and distressed. In verse 34, he says that Jesus told his disciples, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. We see that Jesus was was agonizing over this decision of of you know God take this cup from me you know and and and, and that cup we know is 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 the wrath and judgment of God uh, you know if, if this shall this if, if you know this cup shall pass is what he says you know then then allow, allow it to pass and and we have to understand that that even with with these feelings Jesus still lived a a, a man life you know I mean I say man life but a, a, a fleshly life you know. Uh, he was fully man. And he was fully God, and I think we forget we forget about that with with Jesus. Jesus was a man who who lived this earth, but he was also fully God, and that's in, important for us to understand that he he had feelings. You know, we always think about you know Jesus. Well, you know, God God doesn't you know have feelings. Well, G Jesus lived 
of fleshly life. So because of that, he had feelings. He, he, he had hurts. He had pains. Um, just because he was man and God does not mean that, that you know, he was exempt from all these things. Um, but what, made, what allowed Jesus to, to fulfill the will of the Father was he continued to walk with God. You know, Jesus could have said, listen, uh, like Austin said a minute ago, like, I'm done here. Like, you know, I'm going to call, I'm going to call the, the angels. The angels are going to come down. They're going to rescue me. And, and I'm going to be taken back with my father and, and I'm good. And it's done and over with. He could have stopped it all, but he didn't. And, and what kept him connected, what kept him uh, grounded on his foundation was his commitment to walking with the father. You know, and, and that same thing goes with us, you know, regardless of what we're going through, regardless of what kind of pain or trouble or circumstance or situation you're going through, um, regardless of, 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 of uh, 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 whatever direction you're going in life, it's having that walk with God. It's, it's commitment to walking with God is going to allow us to recognize his will. You want to find God's will, then at that point, it's, it's about being committed to walking with God. Yeah, you know, and that's totally right because a lot of times as Christians, it's easy, or not just Christians, but people in general, it's just easy to take the easy way out. It's easier to, okay, I'm going to use this analogy because I wrestled a lot. And going through the wrestling team, it's hard. It's hard work, trust me. I've There's a lot of people during the, not even the first week, the first day that just quits just because, they're not ready for it. And the reason because they're not ready for it is because it's a lifestyle, right? And just like a Christian, it's a lifestyle. It's not just some hobby that you do on the weekends, that you go out to church and hold hands and sing and share your prayer, right? No, it's a lifestyle. And that's, a, that's how we as Christians have to see it as. It's a lifestyle. It's a walk. It's a relationship with God. And when you, and when you submit, I know I'm kind of jumping ahead to a point, but when you submit to God's will, you're going to start seeing prosperous things. You're going to see God move in your life. And I know that for sure in my life that God has moved and touched many things in my life that even, even if I didn't know, he has done. I, I, I've seen it, you know. And that's just powerful, powerful word and powerful message. And, you know, when you pray, pray that, it's, it's going to be even more powerful because you're having that connection with God. You're building your relationship with God in order for his will to come for you. Mm-hmm. And and I don't, and I mean, I would say that we're not um, trying to dilute or water down or, or be insensitive to say that when we are facing trials, that they're not difficult. They are, most definitely. You know, when we're facing a struggle, it's, it's tough. It really is. But it goes back to, how much of, of our walk, like you were saying, our lifestyle, our relationship, how much of that are we pressing in to God? And during your sermon um, Sunday morning, you know, I, I wrote down and I put little asterisks and I said, Lord, help me to keep pressing into you. Help me to stay committed to you. It's not about my will, but it's about your will for my life, Lord. And, and I, I wrote that because... When we do have our valley lows and, and, you know, some, some of you listeners may be in a valley right now or, you know, and, and for all of us, you know, we're going to face that valley at some point. Valleys are inevitable depending on, on situations in life. But 
we can't forget who's in control of it all. And that's where our lifestyle, our relationship with God on a daily basis is key because as long as we stay committed, and this will go to point number two, um, we can commit to surrendering to his will. We, we, are, we will be able to say, Lord, here it is. This is, this is what's, what's going on in my life. This is the chaos that I'm experiencing right now. But I'm going to give it to you, Lord. I'm going to lay it down to you, Lord. And when, when Jesus was in the garden, that's exactly what he was doing. He brought that anguish before God and he was like, look, this is what it is. You know what it is. And I'm going to set it at your feet. And, and for Jesus, it was more about the, the, because he was fully God. It was the anguish of taking on the sin of the world, which if you read scripture, sin is what keeps us separate from God. Sin is what had Adam and Eve casted out. Why? Because just like oil and water don't mix, sin and God don't mix. You know, you can never have light and darkness all in one because it doesn't, it, it won't, it, you can't have it together. So Jesus's anguish was more about knowing that he was going to take on the sin of the world and that through that he was going to be separated from God. Now we, for those of us who know the Bible and know scripture, we know that it wasn't for, for a long period of time, but it was long enough for Jesus to feel that anguish. And again, so that he could be relatable to us so that we can say we, we have a high priest who's experienced our, our heartache, who's experienced that, that distress, who's experienced um, these life events. And it's not far-fetched for God or Jesus to have known what we're going through and we can relate to it and, and we can find hope in that as well. And it's, it's amazing when you actually look into the significance of the the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, I think that's how you say Gethsemane. There you go. <laughs> but um, you know, it, it, um, the garden the garden was actually located on the Mount of Olives, and it's significant to us because we see that that's where Jesus constantly went away. The Bible says that he, after he would minister to people, he went away to the Mount, Mount of Olives to pray. That's where he was committed to walking with God, and that's where he was committed to surrender to God's will. Mm -hmm. If you guys don't know, you know, I'm one person that likes a little background. So a little background is, is in, in Greek, Gethsemane is translated to oil press. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the place of where the oil was, was pressed. So that's where we get Gethsemane from. And I don't know if you guys know the process of how oil is made, but olive oil has to be pressed three different times. Mm. You see, it's significant because like how to get the full oil out of it is that it has to be crushed one time. And that parallel with Jesus, you mm -hmm. see, Jesus prayed three different times yes. to God. He went three different times and he came to his disciples three different times to mm -hmm. come pray. And we see that each time Jesus was pressed a little more mm -hmm. and a little more and a little more until he got the fullness out of him. Mm -hmm. You see, it wasn't even till the third time that Jesus finally, I don't want to say it wasn't until the third time that he surrendered, mm -hmm. but it, if you read the Bible, it was the full time where Jesus accepted that, okay, mm -hmm. this is what has to be done mm -hmm. yes. you know and that's the same significance yeah. when you when it was the third time that the oil was pressed mm -hmm. that we see that 
that you know the um that's when Jesus bled. Mm-hmm. It said he was in such deep anguish his third time that he actually dripped drops mm. of blood. So you see, he was committed to walking with God, to knowing God's will, to going back and seeking, like Nathaniel was saying, even in the trial, even in the anguish, even in the hurting and the longing and the dread of dying. Mm-hmm. As a human being, we forget it. Like none of us, um, I mean, some of us might have, have have heard that heartbreak, but and have felt the love of the love of a or the um, or the death of a loved one and know that feeling but to know that you are you have a certain amount of time to live is a certain dread that mm-hmm. i can't personally personally know and um, many of us can't say that we know but to know is a certain dread and to know that jesus went back on on a place that's called the olive press mm-hmm. to see that god was pressing more and more and more out of him mm-hmm. and it's even more amazing when you dive into deep because the uh, the oil there's only one way that you can be anointed king in, in, in ancient Hebrew, and it was to be anointed by olive oil. Mm. So we see that the Messiah, the king, uh, the king, the, the anointed one, that's what a Messiah means. The, uh, the anointed one was in the place of olive oil, was in the place where, where, kings, the, um, or where kings were to po- supposed to be pressed, or was supposed to be blessed to become kings, where we see where he was pressed over and over so we can become kings through him, so we could become the priest. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it's amazing. Um, it's an amazing um, parallel and significance when we look into because he had to surrender. Yeah. Like you said, Pastor, the very first question, uh, very first question for us was, you know, Jesus had to do it. So what makes us think that we can do it? Definitely. But it's amazing because we see three different times. Mm hmm. And even before that, it wasn't just we're using the uh, the scripture of of, of Mark, uh, Mark um, fourteen, where he prayed this instant. But it wasn't just one time; it was a place of significance for Jesus. It's where he drew away from everything, all the cares of the world, all the people always wanting things from him, from the Pharisees trying to kill him, from his mm-hmm. disciples wanting him to bring the new kingdom. Mm-hmm. We see that he constantly drew away and submitted his his will to God. And I just think personally that it's it's like Alec always says, it's so powerful and it's so amazing because when we really look and we really see that Jesus submitted to his will, to God's will willingly. Mm -hmm. Yes, it was a choice. It wasn't by force. It was Mm -hmm. willingly. He was willingly. You know, and we 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 see that, you know, um, is verse 36 of Mark 14. I think we all know this verse, but. Uh, he says, Abba, Father, you know, which again, you know, it's, it's, it's daddy. You know, he, he's just reaching out to God. He's crying out to God and he says, everything is possible for you. And he says, please take this cup of suffering away from me. But he says, yeah, I want your will to be done, not mine. And, and we, we have to, and, and, and like Austin was saying, we have to come to a point of surrendering our will to him. You know, it's. It, it, Jesus, we, and we keep referring back to Jesus because this is what the scripture, well, that's what the whole word's about, was Jesus uh, uh, was, was coming to the place of, of death. And, and um, you know, it's, it's, you said, the, you know, acceptance, acceptance, and then also it's a surrendering. It was a complete surrendering after that third time that he prayed. He was like, all right, you know, this is God's will for my life. My life is meant to be poured upon 
um, all of humanity to forgive them of their sins. And that's something that, that, that is, it, it's powerful in and of itself because Jesus was going to take the weight of, the, the, of every sin that we've ever committed or ever, or ever will commit. He was going to take it upon himself as a one and done sacrifice. And that, that weighs heavy, you know, and it wasn't until he surrendered his will in way because if, if if it was if it was up to Jesus, if you look back in in that that verse thirty six, if it was up to Jesus, he says, um, "Please take the cup of suffering away from me." You know, if if I if, if there's another way, you know, and he wasn't because he didn't want humanity to be saved. It was because he was dreading the cross. He was dreading being separated from God. He was dreading taking upon the 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 sin and the weights of of, of sin upon himself. And he's saying, if there's an, any other way. But we know there was no other way. There is no other way other than Jesus Christ. And we know that, that God uh, 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 sent Jesus to, to, to come down to earth to, to, to be a living uh, sacrifice for us, to be an example uh, to us of how do we live our life. But it came down to Jesus surrendering it all to God and saying, okay, listen, this is what I, I, I will like, but there's a big old but there. He says, I, I want your will to be done, you know, and, and we have to get to that point in our lives that we commit to surrendering our will to his, you know, we, what, what, what does Dennis want? You know, Dennis wants this and Dennis wants that. Dennis wants all these things, but it doesn't matter what Dennis wants. It, what matters is what God wants. What matters is his will for our life. And that's one thing we have to, to really understand is it's about just like Jesus surrendered his life. We can surrender uh, uh, our life, you know, and, and, and it, 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 may, it may get to the point of death, you know, but for the most part, of, most, most of us, I, I would say it probably won't come to the point of death. Jesus can surrender to the point of death, but we can't surrender enough of our life to God's will. You know, that's, 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 that's a big difference where Jesus was, was saying, hey, listen, I'll, I'll go forward with it. But we can't go forward with surrendering our will because it's an inconvenience, because it's going to cost us our, maybe our social status, because it's going to cost us uh, uh, friends maybe. Or it could cost us some family members. It costs us some relationship. We, we can't go full-fledged and surrender our will to his will. And I think that's where we go wrong as Christians is Jesus was willing, and, and he did, we see it in Scripture, to surrender all to the point of death. But we're not willing to surrender our will to God's will. One thing I, I think that's interesting is um, regarding prayer in this particular instance. And as Austin said earlier, we see Jesus go and he prays three times. And, I, and I, I don't want people, to, the listener, to think, well, you know, I, I have to, you know, I can't pray about anything. Well, the, the, the Bible tells us and it's clear to make all your requests known to God. And um, anything uh, Paul writes in Philippians 4, 6, uh, uh, speaking of, of, of prayer, and he said, don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. You know, tell God what, you, what your needs are and thank him for it. You know, basically, we need to be in that prayer mindset. We need to thank God for everything. We need to constantly go before God in prayer. But, and I say that because this is what Jesus did. He did that. 
that's an important part. We got to tailor and make our, 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 our life off after Jesus. But an important part that we tend to forget after we go through our laundry list of prayer requests, as, after we pray for each other, we pray for a church, our government, we pray over you know, our, our health, our kids, uh, our jobs, our finances, our, our spouse, our relationships. We, we go through the whole laundry list. And we go through all these needs and requests, but we forget a most important important part is his will. You know, where does his will fit into our prayer, prayer life? And, and we see this in, 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 in Jesus' example in Matthew 6, 9 through 10 of how to pray. In verse 10, he says, may your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, Jesus gives us the example of we need to pray God's will. And then he goes out and he lives the example in Mark chapter 14 when he asks God again in prayer, can this cup pass? And he asks that, but he ends the prayer with, listen, not my will, but your will be done. How many, how many times do we pray like that? How many times do we, when we, we're in prayer and we're seeking God and we're, we're, we're searching for answers and we're praying and, and we're, we're, we're touching on, you know, these particular hotspots in our, in, our, in our life, how many times do we then dive into it and say, listen, I, this is my heart and, and I'm assuring you with my heart, but Lord, let your will be done. You know, because I think for some of us, if God's will would be done, uh, we would reject it. Because what we're doing is we're not, we're not trying to pray for God's will. Let's be honest for a second. We try to pray our will. We try to pray our will in heaven and be done on earth. You know, that's, that's not right. And, and I've been guilty of it myself where I'm praying for God's will to be done. But really, am I praying God's will to be done? Or am I praying that Dennis's will be done? Am I praying that Dennis's prayer would be answered? Am I praying that, that, that Dennis's you know, problems and things like that will be solved? Or am I praying that God will be glorified, that God's will will be done in and through my life? That's how we need to pray. When I'm thinking about you know, surrendering your will to his, I have to go back to, uh, to Mark chapter 10, you know, verse 17 through 27, and talking about the rich young ruler. You know how the rich young ruler was saying, oh, I'm a good person. I follow all the Ten Commandments. I pay, I pay my taxes. I do all these things. But yet when Jesus said, sell all your possessions and come follow me, he didn't follow God's will. What did he do? He said, no, nah, I don't think about it. Uh, no, I don't think so, God, you know. I'm just going to stay over here and stay in my own lane and do my own thing because I'm doing well off by myself. Yep. But no, right? God never said that, oh, if you follow me, I'm going to give you all these riches and make you a king among men. Mm-hmm. No, God said, what, well, God said what his promises were. And his promises were, were or if you read the Bible, you know what his promises are. And we can't be like the rich young ruler. Yeah, you know, we want our will because, you know, we're all human, but we can't because when God's will is perfect for us, you know? And, that, and that's why I love this story. Yeah, and, and going from what you brought up in First John chapter 5, verse 14, you know, it's following his will and confidence. You know, um, a surrender, it, 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 it requires confidence. You know, it requires an amount of trust. It requires an amount of, of, um, of surrender, like we were saying. You know, and, it, and it's not just any surrender. It's not just any confidence. It's confidence in his will. 
You see, when Jesus finally surrendered and put the full confidence, okay, God, I'm trusting in you. Okay, Father, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to you. I'm gonna do your will. That's only when we see in Luke chapter 22, verse 43. That's when God, um, God finally answered his prayer. Not how he wanted it to yeah. be answered, but he answered his prayer in a form of comfort. Mm-hmm. He's God sent an angel to come and and comfort Jesus to come and give him the strength to carry on. You see, a lot of times, um. We get to be, we become Christians and we, and, and we, we, we think like, oh, life's going to be so much easier. Life's going to be a breeze. You know, Jesus is going to take all my fears away, all, all my doubts, which he does. But Jesus said nothing that it was going to be easier. Jesus said it's going to be 10 times worse because the world hated me first. Yep. And you see, a lot of times we, we pray like, God, take this away. God, stop this trial. But we see over and over again that God sends trials. God sends situations so we can build that confidence, so we can build that faith in him. You know, how many times have, have, have we talked about Abraham? How many times have we talked, talked about um, Isaac or Jacob or Jesus himself? It was to build the confidence in God. You know, we talk about um, Peter all the time, unable to walk on the water, but it was so he could build that confidence in God. See, when we pray our own will and when we try to get our own way, way, things don't happen. And sometimes, not sometimes, but a lot of times we get mad at God. God, you don't hear me. God, you're not there for me. Where are you at? I asked you to to give me this job. I asked you to give me these raise. I asked you to to heal this person. I asked you to give me this, put me in this situation. But have we really stopped and and to ask God, well, is this your will? Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times we don't know what God's will is. um, And as we just got out of the series, you know, because we don't read his word, because we're not um, committed to walking with him, because we don't make that... um, uh, effort because we don't make that um forget the word that you used um last sunday um nathania but we don't intentional intentional time with intentional time with god Mm -hmm. see jesus went away and made intentional time it even says that the second and third time he kept going deeper and deeper into the mountain to to get closer and further away Yes, he would come back and periodically check on his, on, on, on his homeboys, on his best friends, because any of us would. You know, mm-hmm. it says the first time he got, you guys couldn't even stay, in my paraphrase, you know, you guys couldn't stay awake. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm over here, you see me crying, I'm sweating, I'm, I'm in so much turmoil. You guys couldn't just, just, just say a quick prayer for me. You guys couldn't do this. But it was only until he stopped, or I don't want to say he stopped relying on others, but it's only until he really seeks God's face when he totally, like you said, gave over to his surrender. And he said, okay, God, Mm -hmm. that's when God answered his prayers. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't answering Jesus' prayers through Jesus' will. It was answering his prayers through God's will by giving him the strength to carry on Mm -hmm. in the trial. One of the things, uh, Pastor, that you said on Sunday was um, mean it when you ask or or when you say it. You know, as we're asking for God's will, we need to mean that we want God's will Mm -hmm. in turn of our will instead of what we want. Yeah. Because, um, and I I think it's funny he used the analogy with our son, you know, because our son could be like come over and like, oh, if it's, you know, for anything, whether it's, you know, because he wants to get his way for something to eat, 
you know, for us to treat him and take him somewhere to eat, or if he, you know, we want he wants us to give him some time to play PlayStation, and it's like, oh well, um, you know, he comes over all lovey dovey, and if we say no, then his like attitude completely changes. Like, well, then forget it. Then, you know, I didn't want it anyway. Or, you know, if we say, okay, yeah, you can have this, but in turn, you have to finish your chores, or in turn, you have to do this, then he's like, no, no, forget it, because it's conditional. We can't be conditional with God. If we're coming to God and we're asking him for his will, then we need to mean it. Um, I know my translation is going to be a little bit different because I was reading it over and it's different from what my note, what I wrote in my notes. But 1 John 5, 14 says, uh, we are confident that God listens to us if we ask for anything that has his approval, which means his will. Mm-hmm. If it's approved by God, his word is saying we'll have it. We're not going to have our wish list. We're going to have, again, what's, what he sees fit, what he knows we need, when it's according to his will and it's according to his word. You know that that's that's a, a a perfect transition because you know um, it's according to His will, right? And and one of the things we t- touched on um, on Sunday was commit to to the outcome. You know we have to commit to the outcome, and for 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 Jesus, right? We see him. He he prayed three times. He um, knew what God's will was. And then when it came down to it, he committed to the outcome. Uh, how many of times do we know God's will? We pray about it knowing God's will. We get down to the very end, and we decide not to be committed to the outcome. What we've done is we've, we really have done an about face. Mm-hmm. And we've said, you know what? What I've been doing this entire time, this one's going to hurt, but what I've been doing this entire time is trying to pray my will instead of yours. Because we knew what the God's will was. We prayed about God's will. But when it came down to it, we still decided not to do it. And the whole entire time is because really what we've been doing has been, been trying to pray our will. Yeah, you know, Pastor, you're right. And it really goes down to the lifestyle, right? Because when everything's going good, we don't call upon God. Mm. But when everything goes bad, oh, Lord, save me. (laughs) 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 To be a little bit exaggeratory with you guys. But for reals, that's how we are. And then when things go bad, things get back right, or when, you know, things don't go our way or we as we planned it, and we start to blame God even more. Mm -hmm. But we can't do that because when we pray, we're supposed to pray for God's will. And when God's will comes through, we're not supposed to get angry at God for pushing his will. Mm -hmm. Because as Christians, we should know that God's will will always outcome and trump whatever we're we're going through. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's 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 toying with God. It's it's playing and 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 we're not really hurting God in a sense. I mean, of course, I think we're breaking his heart in a way because he wants what's best for us because he loves us. But the damage that we're doing is is to ourselves. Yeah. You know, I I think of, um, you know, when someone says, well, I want to see change. I want to see change. Okay, what are you doing to change it? Mm-hmm. 
you know, and, and there are many opportunities presented where you can, you know, uh, to, to go a certain way, you know, direction, whether it's a lifestyle, whether it's, it's um, help personally or, you know, in a relationship. But then when there's opportunity to make a difference and then it's not accepted, well, then you really didn't want it. Mm-hmm. because then what did you really pray for? What is it really, really that you were asking? Because it didn't align with what you wanted. Well, then in, in turn, you really didn't want that. Mm-hmm. You know, you want, again, what, what you want, and that's not what God is saying. Um, Proverbs uh, 16.3, and I know you shared the amplified version, which I would suggest everyone to read, but mine is uh, the God's Word translation, and it says that if you entrust your efforts to the Lord, um, and your plans will succeed. Again, He will, His will. I'm sorry, His will 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 help will allow us to succeed if it's under His will. Mm-hmm. You know, our our efforts what we're trying to accomplish as long as it lines up and again it's as i shared a few weeks ago we house the temple of the holy spirit if we're aligning with god with god because of the spirit that dwells within us again because that's the same spirit that raised jesus from the dead it is powerful then we just like jesus we can go to god but then we will know we will know what the answer is. And and the final step will then be committing to the outcome. Because ultimately that's what Jesus did. It took it, you know, we see him three times going back. So if it, if we went once and we're going back to God again a second time, and we can go back to God a third time, we can go back to God a fourth, a fifth, a sixth time. It doesn't matter because we know the spirit that's within us is going to continue to draw us back to God until we can commit to the outcome of what he's saying, this is what needs to line up. And then at that point, the stamp's on it and it's, it's golden. I mean, there's really no going back from that unless we completely say, all right, God, well, at that point, we would, we would really just say, you know what, this isn't what I wanted. This is not the answer that I wanted. And we can have a pity, you know, a fit and have a pity party. But in the end, it's still God, it's still going to be God's word at the end. You know, we're not going to be able to refute it because it's God's word. It's his will for our lives. And, you know, just by you talking that it, it reminds me of, of when Abraham was pleading for, for his cousin Lot, you know, it, it says that when, when, when the angels were going to go down to, to scout basically to see if there was one, one soul left, um, um, it started. It started before they weren't going to do it at all. God was just, "Hey, Abraham, don't go over to um, to Sodom and Gomorrah because um, I'm gonna destroy it." That's literally what happened. But Abraham went to God and said, "Hey, if you find a hundred righteous people, don't destroy the city." And he literally went all the way down to one. So, like you were saying, you know, we're using the instance where Jesus went three times. But if we have to see God, you know, one, two, all like Abraham, maybe a hundred times. And, and it could even be more than that. It could be years and years and years. But we're going to, uh, at the end of the day, we have to commit, commit to see God's or to commit to see his outcome. Mm-hmm. You see, 
it's amazing because going back to the 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 importance of the Garden of Gethsemane is is the place where Jesus is most anguished, the place where his heart broke, the place where he was going to die was also the place of his greatest triumph. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to Acts chapter 1, we see that they're back on the Mount of Olives, and that's where Jesus gives the Great Commission, and that's where Jesus is, is ascended into heaven mm-hmm. um, in front of their very eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You see, it, it, it's powerful. Like I say every every Sunday, I'm going to keep saying it's a linear story that's all connected. You see, it was God's will and God's place for Jesus to suffer in that place, to be suffer in front of his whole disciples. And it wasn't just for Jesus. It was for his disciples to see. You see, they were with him. Yes, some of them were asleep. Some of them were awake. It says that when he went deeper into the forest, um, I believe it was um, James, John, James, John, and I forget the third, um, uh, but uh, um, it was James and John. It was he brought three of his closest disciples, mm-hmm. and they saw the pain that Jesus went through. They saw it was Peter, James, and John. Peter. There you go, mm-hmm. Peter, James, and John. That they, that they saw the pain, but at the same time, the next time they saw Jesus on the Mount of Olives, it was in all his. It was all in God's glory. Mm. And it was in full of majesty. See, they wouldn't have been able to uh, to see that. They wouldn't be able to live that if they did not commit to see, or if Jesus did not commit to see God's outcome. Mm-hmm. God's outcome. We read it a couple times, and Jesus told Peter, hey, if I wanted it to, I could ask my dad to come down and save me. I mm-hmm. could ask my dad to let's find another solution. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, we don't know what the other solution. It could have been in another flood. It could have been another, you know, whatever. We don't know. But Jesus submitted to God's will. Why? And So we can have the outcome, which is today. Mm-hmm. For Jesus paying the price. For Jesus opening up a way so we can enter back into relationship with God and we can become an extension of him on earth. Mm-hmm. See, that's why I really love this story, because like you said, you know, it shows Jesus becoming the the word of God, the live. It really shows Jesus. Um, I mean, he was always the word of God, but it really shows that it was man or it was the word became flesh. It was showing that that Jesus suffered just like a man, but he also fulfilled God's word. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when you think about it, it's like, wow, Jesus' biggest heartbreak was also his main triumph was because he surrendered to his outcome. Mm-hmm. So what aren't you guys surrendering to today, listening mm-hmm. to this? You know, it, it, it could be a place of heartache. It could be a place of anguish. It could be a, in a valley in a storm. It could be. It could have been it could be going on for years and years and you're just tired of it and you're on your last leg and and COVID has just ramped it up and this election is just just, you know, either way, whether you're happy or sad and the state of the world and and just seeing how everything is going has just ramped it up. But what aren't you surrendering to? Because that's the place where our greatest anguish could also become our greatest triumph. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 out of the Amplified Version. It says, Lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind, and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In all your ways, know, recognize, and acknowledge Him, and He will direct and make straight and plan your paths. That's a promise and instructions that we can hold on to today you know be encouraged with that that in all your ways 
recognize Him, like we've talked about today. Uh, uh, make sure that you commit to walking with God. And make sure you commit to surrendering to His will. And as we just touched on, let's commit to His outcome. Hope this deep dive has touched you, has ministered to you. We want to know if you've uh, accepted Jesus Christ through um, our ministry or if this uh, uh, podcast has touched you in any particular way, please reach out to us. You can reach us by phone or text at 909-992-1588. You can also send us an email at visitnewlifecc at gmail.com. That's again, visit new life letters CC as in community church. Visit new life CC at gmail.com. Send us an email. And if you like to give a one-time donation or a reoccurring gift to our ministry, you can do so by texting the word give to 1833-414-0165. Again, text the word give to 1833 414-0165. We'll send you out a link for you to uh, um, set that up. And we appreciate appreciate your uh, giving to our ministry. God bless you. Keep you safe. We will see you next week.